We care a lot. It's the Review a New Podcast. I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And I'm Will the Greatest. And this is the podcast where we typically look back at our favorite uh, material, movies, or albums, and we talk about it through a modern lens or what have you. But uh, today we have a uh, review uh, request from Arthur Botley for the whole trilogy, and we're finishing it with the whole cast, the whole crew. That's right. We, 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 we've got Titans East and Titans West of the Review a New Podcast here today. <laughs> <laughs> to to have some discussion about the third and may I say like uh, like as I've been watching th- these trilogies uh, this trilogy the most reviewer new podcastiest uh, trilogy I feel like <laughs> I- I've seen because you know uh, uh, the whole like thrust behind this podcast I feel like when we started was kind of like there's like there's movies that we really like but there's like these real issues that we have with them but sometimes those issues can kind of like enhance the narrative of them but sometimes they can be a little frustrating but sometimes they kind of like are what kind of make the movie as great as it is like I have not felt that way more so than with Kevin Smith when we started than with this film scene <laughs> Whew, that's a that's a journey right <laughs> Starting with Kevin Smith and ending with actually, it, it's well, hopefully not ending. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully, this is the latest they stop. Indie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, look at that. We're we're, we're uh, indie, but with uh, some uh, you know uh, Hollywood cred behind it these days. You know, that's yeah. kind of w- w- what we're going on. Yeah, um, not '90s indie, and then <laughs> you know, uh, 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 2010s established. I guess at this point, because yeah. um, we did Quentin Tarantino as well, right? Yeah. Here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3, and ladies and gentlemen, the, the new movie in theaters, and we we just gotta give you this little mini preamble that this is the saddest uh, of the movie. It is so, it's so sad. I was not looking forward to going to see this movie. <laughs> I had, dreading it? I was dreading it. I got myself, like, oh, no, I was psyching myself up. I picked a day. I was like in the city. I bought myself a book. <laughs> I got, not to read during the movie, but just like as a treat, I got myself a nice dinner. I was like, I need to like psych myself up. And I will say, not to bury the lead, that I did love this. I thought this mm, was mm. fantastic. Mm. I think it's the best of the three. Mm. But it was so mm. fucking hard to watch. <laughs> it was so fucking hard to watch. And, like, all of the cool, you know, yeah, spaceships and rock right. music, it was all there. But also, it was really hard to Tempered get in that mood when I was so sad because there were adorable yeah. baby raccoons oh, being scared and tortured and yeah, it's horrible. And get <laughs> into it. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say, Will? I, I was going to say, if you're, if you're a fan, of animals this is not the one for you buddy You're, just this brace yourself it. you have to brace yeah. yourself like, the, this is what the, kids are going to be going to see that are going to make them like lifelong animal rights you know lovers <laughs> this is gonna sound this is gonna sound a little wonky but stay with me when i first saw the movie and how it was opening and some of the themes i'm hmm. like for a certain group of people, this is their Wakanda forever. No, <laughs> no. Like, it just breaks you at the beginning. I'm like, oh boy, what's, uh, what's in the punch yeah. bowl in Marvel? What's going on? <laughs> Nothing but depressy West. No, yeah, they're, they're going ultra ones. sad with this one. But um, yeah. going, starting, uh, just to... Uh, just to go back to a little quick discussion that I remember from before that I was thinking about something that I feel like I've clarified my thoughts on. Going back to Ego really mm-hmm. quick, because I think it's interesting how, like, yeah. the second movie is, like, we're kind of, it kind of pours into the third one, as well as how, like, narrative themes kind of play out. I think it's very fascinating. Right. Um, and I feel like James Gunn has really evolved as a narrator, and we'll get into that in a second. But, um, um, going to, oh, yeah, Ego, like, I realized my issue with egos like the tumor thing right um okay my issue with it is the motivation (laughs) and as i've been watching the high evolutionaries like character and how perfect he was written i was realizing what was my issue with ego it's like the thing that makes a character like great is the motivation right when you're like oh i know why Mm -hmm. they did that oh and that's why they're doing that as i watch high evolutionaries character i every second i watch him i'm like i get it I totally get why he's doing what he's yeah. doing. I'm not on board at all with sense. him, but I absolutely understand where he's going from A to B to C, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, with the uh, with the thing about the like the tumor in the uh, putting the tumor in the mom's head, I was realizing was like, 
what motivation does he have to do that that wouldn't that wouldn't be beyond a narrator writing that to be like and this is the reason why he the kid the son gets angry like what reason do does he ego as the character have for mm-hmm. doing that other than I, I remember proposing that like maybe if they had written one or two lines where it's like no I did that to like teach you a lesson that even the person that you hold dearest you need to let go of something like that right like yeah. but it just kind of makes it a yeah, sort of he just did it just like to be like oh because i didn't want to come back so i put it in the team it's like what that's a really we ball yeah (laughs) i i also want to say actually along those lines that the high evolutionary is such a great villain because he is he is he's amazing because he's so logically comprehensible like Mm -hmm. you said he's not incomprehensible but that but his comprehensibility does not make him in the least sympathetic. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to see that motherfucker get tortured right. to death. Right. Like, right. Like, because you see how he and, treats and the, I, the, the, the least of right. the people. And, you and know, having him be, having him be both comprehensible mm. and unsympathetic was such a, mm. like that's such a fine line to the walk. Perfect. Yes. When you were writing. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's hard for a much lesser direct. Can I, can I address mm-hmm. a criticism mm. actually that I saw frequently of the high evolutionary that made no okay, sense to Okay. Me? even from from one of my own uh, podcast co-hosts, is a lot of people have been talking about, well, the high evolutionary yells a lot. I'm like, have you ever met a childish person right. when they don't get their And way. who knows that they're, they're right about tantrum. everything. Wait, I yeah. don't understand why yes. the villain he, yells a he, criticism? I, I yeah. don't understand that. Uh, maybe he's right. being it's, too it's, much of a villain. He's chewing the scenery or something like well, that. Like, uh, Yeah, I think people were, were thinking it was being hammy. I'm like, he's not being hammy. He's an ego man. Yeah. Like, Honestly, I think he's, he's barely contained. Kanye West. Yes, How yes, does that man yes, act? he is space Kanye West. How does that man <laughs> act? Like, if you don't, it's like, here's, we have clear examples in the real world of grown man children that act exactly Absolutely. like yeah. this yeah. when they don't get their way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I'm like, and first, and he doesn't yell that much and, and in fact, unless and in he's fact, not getting his and way. And in fact, when he's not yelling, on little moments where he's like putting his hand on Rocket's head and kind of like, you can see the sort of barely contained like you know madness that yeah. he kind of has He's as a like, person i need that brain yeah like <laughs> i'm just like maintaining humanity to do what i need to do to get the next thing i need to get when like, he, that's what he when is, he comes yeah. in right. when he comes in and he's all fucked up and they said he's in the middle of his treatments or whatever and he's <laughs> it's like that i feel like was that that moment that even though it's in a space science lab it, it had that realism mm. of like that is to a little kid what like their dad being way too drunk is like. Mm, yes, that that oh my god, wow that yeah, yeah that's a like, perfect movie, like, especially like the hiding in the back. It's nine one three nine one three. There you are. Yeah, and he is like like he even though he is this super like hyper intelligent, hyper powerful being, the the stuff that makes him villainous and the stuff that makes him scary. Or he mm-hmm. could be like just somebody's shitty dad. Like he could be just yeah. a regular human and which, be scary and villainous in the exact same way, which I think makes him a wh- much better villain. Which he? I, sorry. Oh, no, I was gonna say he's not like you know. I I I don't find Thanos particularly interesting because Thanos is just a big purple CGI blob going. I want to make half mm-hmm. the universe disappear, and it's like this guy. Right is way scarier because I can imagine being in the room with somebody like him. And I, you know, like that's like way... before yeah. you ever see him that's exercise power, I'm already scared. But I realize it's really late in the movie where you see that he has like power of gravity or mm-hmm. and able to use it. Yeah. But yeah. like, for, and that yeah. seems new by that point. Yeah. Too. Like that seems like that's a, a late, but, but to, to Evan's point. Yeah. He's, he's an abusive dad and you get like a clear indicator of how many, how fickle his kid like his kids are things mm-hmm. they are they are objects on the road oh yes. in path of his goal in fact to the point of just like, yeah, it, like start to finish yeah particularly with how he treats the sovereign mm-hmm. oh yeah oh, okay so i was thinking about something like going themes uh going from the second into the third movie of like uh battery power and the mm-hmm. uh of, like family dynamics these people basically the these uh, uh, uh beings that he is using like they are energy to him that he is using to manipulate for what he feels is the highest goal right like high evolutionary to bring mm-hmm. people to their highest state and the is the thing with him is that he's always kind of like going like no this isn't good enough we're tearing this down like we we've got to keep rebuilding to till we get to that perfect society right and so mm-hmm. i found it interesting that it's like you've got the 
battery power dynamic of how you treat a family where it's like my son has to be the best he has to follow in the business you, you know what i'm saying it's mm. like that you have to do what i want and then versus what i feel like the main characters are who are very imperfect but it's very m- much about evolving in your own natural way living how you are and then yeah. meeting other people and meeting them how they are and living you know what i'm saying so like that's why i think yeah. it's like not like uh as i see vin diesel here you know starring in this movie you know the the other big <laughs> movie he's in is like you know family you know and but family. but those themes are so weak because they're not really it like those action movies are not really themes against anybody i remember someone talking about like in comic books you know you would often have like you know the 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 good guy and the villain like not only punching each other but also talking about why they're so different you know like why do you believe what you believe and why do i believe what i believe and why they clash you know it's like and with this movie i felt like i got that as the story unfolded not necessarily with them like punching each other and like directly saying it but just how their character arcs unfolded in a way that was like oh Mm -hmm. the action's unfolding and i'm also learning about the characters i actually am really enjoying this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that mm. I really liked Zoe Saldana a lot. Yes, like, yes, yes. We had to not talk about that during Volume Two. <laughs> yeah, she just we we literally just like we can't talk about how she gets way better in the third one because talk, and how it's talking with you made me realize I'm just and then I I brought it up in in one of my other chats I'm like. Yeah, I don't think Gamora has been a particularly like strong character. There, there's been like a, a, a and even he, the, this movie addresses, funnily enough, a lot of yes. like, James Gunn. It's like responding to it in a way that's kind of like a oh okay, <laughs> like it's kind of like well, yeah, it's, not, it's not pissy. <laughs> it's attentive. Like the costume design is mm. like classic. Uh, mid 2000s guardian run what got Hmm. me because this was a criticism i had actually a volume two that i forgot to bring up um i don't like battle heels as a thing that like female superheroes (laughs) it always bothered me yeah and then i get to this movie and it was something that crossed my mind because i remember watching volume two right before and i was like oh there god there goes gamora in the battle heels and then this one, they have flat boots. Right. Yeah, Mantis has boots. Nebula has Tactical boots. Fighting. Uh, Gamora has boots. They have boots. I'm like, well, well and, huh. and she just, huh. she's. I think Zoe Saldana gives a much better performance, and yes. she's also mm-hmm. written and directed yes. better. She's given better and material. The character Absolutely. just, yes. she feels more like a real person. She doesn't feel like this one dimensional tough chick. So she's always angry and everything she says is this one note angry. Girls but you know she's going to soften up in the third act. Right. With, you like, know, yeah. Felt, like she seemed <laughs> much... Like, but not by much. Right, right. right. It's expected. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I I have a whole video concept that once this actually comes out, this movie mm. does a lot of interesting work with like masculinity that mm. I think is fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I don't think is getting as much like with Drax's mini mm, arc, yes. what mm. Peter's relationship with Gamora, mm-hmm. and then Rocket's development. Yeah. Like, they're all interesting developments of positive form of masculinity that are traditional, but not super, not as toxic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Where it's just mm. like, hey, a guy that clearly has abandonment issues and tries to use women to fill that void Ooh. has to learn that I shouldn't do that. Yeah, oh, that's right. Not a that's good, the lesson of the yeah, movie. Or, yeah. Even or like, hey, it's cool to have a dad that listens to his kids and is an active parent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's simple and silly, like mm. I'm like, oh my god, wait, there's a whole thing there, James. Mm. Just slid in. Yeah. No, hundred hundred percent. I also just um, talking about sort of masculine archetypes. Adam mm. Warlock is being the token queer, delightful himbo. Uh, absolutely. Like, I, oh you know, oh my I God. mean, yeah. I was so mad. I was so mad, like, when he first came in and I was like, you know, oh, fuck this guy. He's coming in trying to steal Rocket and trying to, like, fuck him, pop his head off. And then, like, the more his character developed, I was like, oh, he's, he's right. delightful. Like, oh, he's he's a child. He doesn't know. He didn't just, know what's happening. Yeah. He was just following. I mean, they, they literally say he got taken early from the I from the cocoon. He came out of his cocoon. He came out of his cocoon. He's he is he is Rocky Horror with superpowers. Yes, that's what I was thinking when you look oh at my him. God, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and that was I think that was even a conversation that we had during Volume Two was like the realization that all of the Guardians are 
various degrees of neurodivergence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, huh, yeah, that's how you write that well, even whether you meant to or oh, not, James. That just made me think of also um, just the way that characters are written with their, their thought process and stuff. I thought it was so fucking great and hilarious when when Quill says stuff like, well, you know, humans only live to be like 50 on earth. And it's like, well, he left the earth when he was eight. Like he, he, that's like, he just like, I don't know with their 50. That's all. Or I think, um, I caught when he, when he saw his grandfather, he, he called him grandma because he would have forgotten how to speak English in, in ways like he's hasn't been speaking English. He's been in outer space mm. speaking whatever language they're speaking. He goes back and he remembers enough English, but he gets the name wrong and calls his grandfather grandma. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Having that like confused, like me, grandma, grandfather, you know? Yeah. The, the, and also just the fact that like, I didn't know this until I just randomly saw it on TikTok. Grandpa shows up in the second movie with yes, his wife. Yes. And, and like when she shows up, I didn't know. I'm just like, oh, well, he has, it's like, wow, he has a black woman caretaker. No, that's his wife. That's Peter's grandmother. And, and I was thinking. <laughs> he has a black grandma. Yeah. We just don't. I don't know if that's a nod to, the, I think that's a nod to the comics because uh. Peter has a half, half alien, half space black sister. Huh. <laughs> and his father's name is Jason. So his granddad in the movie, his name is Jason. He has a black wife. I I don't know. If I think the this. wife was like his step grandmother because when he yeah. came to the door and he got yeah confused, step grandmother so, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah uh, correction yes step grandmother yeah. not it'd be hilarious though if it's he just like remember. no that's his grandma yeah. but, uh, <laughs> no step what, uh, what was it I, every time I kept looking at the grandpa though I kept thinking it was a uh, uh, Chevy Chase. <laughs> Yeah, he looks so. Like, I kept wanting to be like, man, fuck this guy. Why are we trying to show affection for this? Dude? Greg, Greg Henry. <laughs> I was like, oh, a couple things make sense. His grandpa was Chevy Chase. Greg Henry, and he's got one of those faces that I thought he was. Um, I thought he was the 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 bully from Back to the Future. No, I, no I, way. I got him mixed. Cannon, no, I got him mixed up with that guy. And he's not that guy. They do. I, I can see it. Yeah, but like, there's a bunch of I. So, I have like a weird like I can kind of remember faces and kind of not. And so I mm-hmm. saw um, the the pink girl Ura. I thought was mm. I, when I I was like she looks familiar. And then I saw Maria Bakalova is in this who was Tutar and Borat and Borat too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, that's who that was. But then I realized that was not her. Uh, Daniela Melchior, who was yeah, rat, rat catcher. catcher. Rat catcher was the pink mm. girl. And of course, when people are like, you know, yeah. fuchsia and, and gold and stuff, it's hard to recognize them. Right. But but yeah, rat catcher was in it. I'm not sure who Maria Bakalova was, but I think Linda Cardellini was the bat lady. I thought Linda Cardellini, Linda Cardellini was a uh, Lila. Wasn't wait, which one's Lila again? The otter. Oh, oh. yeah. That explains yeah, why her voice was voices. so yes. I was like, I'm thinking like I she, know she this voice. She has one voice. of those voices where she kind of blends it's, it. No, like it's, that voice is so the essential, like the cute, like character voice who you're gonna be sympathetic yeah. to. <laughs> it's like you saw the hey there, friend. Like, like I, you, I, but I, I forget ooh, the way she so sounded. <laughs> like yes, the otter. Like oh, friend. Yes. Oh man, we're gonna get to I, that. I constantly forget what Linda Cardellini looks and sounds like because my introduction to her was Scooby-Doo. So every time Ooh, I see her pop up in yeah. like Hawkeye or something, I'm like, well, that's not Velma. <laughs> and it's like, it's been 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a character she played. Oh, I, she wouldn't look or sound. I'm just like, oh, yeah, no. Man, she's she was like, quite, I, was... I wouldn't be able to pick her out of a crowd. She, she so looks... when I'm sitting, I'm like, who's Linda Cardellini? <gasps> she's the otter. Like, yeah. She's otter bay. Um, Miriam Shore is in this too. Yitchak from Hedwig and the Angry Inch is in it. She was mm. she was one of the, uh, she was she was the, the one who mutinies on him. Or tries yeah, to Yeah, now um, I remember. Mm. Uh, spoilers. I love <laughs> By that the way, scene. if you have somehow gotten this far into the episode without realizing oh, we're going to yeah. spoil it, man. Sorry. Oh, sorry. You, you just like sorry, reminded me of just like a great little scene that's just like a, that's such a great villain moment. Like where, yeah, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, just to, just to get on another theme real quick though, I was like, I was thinking, because I was like having that moment of like, as I'm watching the movie, as it, 
lingers very lengthily on shots uh, to make you cry about things. <laughs> I was trying to think Time of like, to be sad, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I was Hope th- you brought those tissues. I-, I was really thinking about like, why do you not like the character who is the villain, right? Like, what is the real motivation that really makes him the asshole, the stinker for what he's doing, what he's doing? And I was really thinking about that because it's like, you know, in the moments where we have these flashbacks of, like, Rocket sitting with the High Evolutionary, he's kind of going like, oh, yes, it's like, this is a new world we're building. We're telling you all about that new world, and you're going to help us build it. And it's all the sort of things that Rocket, as this living being, is kind of going like, oh, my God, I'm going to help make this world. This is so great. And then we're going to go there. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. You can't go there. You don't get to go there. No, no, no. We're building this new world off the back of you, but you don't get to enjoy this because you were still part of the imperfect people. So you don't get to enjoy. It's like, that's yeah. the real dastardliness of this person as a villain, you're, right? You're one of the undesirable. But we're going to use you. to Like, basically. Yeah, like, Honey, like, you don't get to go to the to the new house. You stay exact- here. I mean, this house. is literally like the <laughs> slaves can build the White House, but you know they're not going to be a president, you know, because I mean we're going to call it the White House because I mean uh, you know right. you know who's living in there, you know, and it, it's like it's such a direct <laughs> thing, but in a clever way that's kind of like, damn, like that's so like it, it, like making that it's such a yeah. personal slight, but it's also incredibly clear that like it, 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 i don't know why i was super that, that's a testament to his writing that i was legit surprised the first time i saw it and it happened it's like oh no 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 honey no, the new mm. the new world's not for you yeah it's not for you it's for it's for the hottie <laughs> it's for batch 92 in the back that you helped me it, make it also it's like but that brain you know and he kind of squeezed his little oh, God. yeah <gasps> I, I thought it was really wonderful, actually, the way the movie treated, um, I, you know, to the differences, the physical differences mm-hmm. in the in Lila and Floor and Floor and Teeth's. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, Floor, that, Floor, there is a mix of like sadness, but like, also like terrifying. To get, to get TV tropes for a second, Floor is a nightmare fuel wooby. Yes. Uh... <laughs> yes. Perfect description. Thank um, but, you. But, like, I loved the way that, you know, uh, when Rocket's kind of having his, like, his little near-death experience near the end, mm-hmm. and he's picturing them, you know, I, I think a lesser film might have gone like, oh, and then they'll look normal in, in the afterlife, and having them look yeah just as fucking weird as they actually (laughs) did and not apologizing for and saying this is who they were and they were lovable and worthy just as they Mm. were um, was Mm. really something. I I will have to say now, because we were talking about Young Young Rocket, my one complaint, Young Raccoon, raccoon, my one complaint about this movie, I mean, other than like it made me cry, but the one thing that I genuinely like didn't like and thought was a choice that bothered me was... um, that whoever was the voice actor for Young Rocket was very clearly an adult doing like a little creaky <laughs> child voice, and it was very um, distracting. So there were two. There, so Middle Rocket was still uh, was Bradley, uh, Bradley Cooper, yeah, and then Baby Baby Rocket was somebody else. Yeah, and and with both of those, it just felt like I'm listening to an adult go. I'm and i was just like you know if i squinch my voice i was like just like that if i talk sis up sis he is i sound like some fool yeah and it was like i was just like get like get an actual child although here's here's the thing you have all those children in cages and here's the thing though if didn't want to grab one if there had been an actual child I think I might have had a breakdown in the theater. Like, it was hard enough. It would have been too, it, it you was, can't have an actual Fievel voice was, coming out. Yeah, you're going to be too sad. In, oh, God, <laughs> a Fievel voice would haunt my nightmare. It was hard enough with the CGI baby mutant raccoon. Oh, and if I heard an actual child's voice on top of that, I don't think I would have made it. So... Uh, let's get into the the plot proper because I feel right. like the plot is relatively straightforward. Yeah, uh, it, it, it starts is. with um. Rocket listening to a Loser, uh, the acoustic version. That was such a mood, no, right? Like, of course, it's Rocket. Like when he's like walking around, kind of singing to himself. Yeah, like, you can having, see it in his face. The sort of feelings, like you know, like, n- vaguely singing along. The, n- 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 oh, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then kind of like walking in to see uh, uh, Quill, mm-hmm. kind of drinking his sorrows away. So you're kind of like, like you know, and I was thinking the contrast from the second movie, where it's like the second movie is, oh wow, snap right back into action. We're fighting this big thing, mm-hmm. and look how cool we are. And this movie's kind of starting off with like. 
I don't feel great because I'm listening to the song about being a loser. And here's Quill, this drunkard. You know what I mean? Like, mad that he, like, and the slow motion shot of them, like, here's part three is like them carrying I loved what a pitch perfect, it was like <laughs> the superhero action movie shot, even compared to like the, the fucking, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths cover of, of, oh, of yeah. um, Nebula holding <laughs> him. Uh, yeah, yeah, of Nebula holding holding Quill, except it's just because he's passed out drunk. Like that was so <laughs> great. And and the way they marketed that was excellent because it because it cuts by real quick if you look at the commercials. And it looks and like, like he's oh, like been no. injured or something. Who's gonna die? Right. Is it? Is, oh no, Star Lord's gonna bite it. Ooh, yes, yeah. but no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. And now, okay, what, like, I will say the thing that I don't like about the writing a little bit is where it's like Adam Warlock just bursting through the wall, <laughs> immediately knowing exactly where it. Rocket is. And it's like, okay, how, is this like a motif where it's like everyone well, knows I mean, exactly where the villains are and, and, or the opposition You is. did mention that the last time where it's just like, they just, I, they just fight. But this off locator so on site. Hel- his intro is just so hilariously aggressive because you just see a gold British man while the music's playing. Yeah, and his face was kind of getting blown back. Might as well, yeah. Forehead first, yeah, just head butting his way, and he head butts into Rocket while he's changing his clothes. Will Poulter is butt great. booty ass naked in a in a gold man <laughs> kicks your door and the, sucker punches you through three walls of your what apartment. What were they doing before <laughs> that happened? What were they <laughs> just hanging out? Yeah, okay. Like so they were so just this was just like what? Uh, and yeah, so just out of butt fucking nowhere, as far as they're concerned. I gotta, I, I gotta say. Every time I see Will Poulter, and I, he was great in this, I thought he was good casting. But I will always see him as Eustace Scrub. I will always see him as used to scrub, and I could not, I can't unsee it. Mm-mm, from um, what's called the ba- from, from the the the, uh, the Dawn a... Treader, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, mm. the Narnia, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a pull. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, um, what were we getting into? The the so Adam Warlock comes in and attacks, uh, and attacks. Yeah, incapacitating Rocket. Rocket because he they're still trying to get revenge for the batteries that they stole from the last movie is basically what's yeah, happening, right? So, um, yeah, and man, the so the Guardians all have to squad up against Adam. Can we? I'm so happy Drax got a time. To oh man, yes. yeah, he actually kicks him. That ass. was really dope. Yeah, his he had an arc in this. Like he wasn't just the one note yeah. like, guy the wearing the makeup to just yeah. make a quip. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he he held his own the longest. Like like mm-hmm. Root got KO'd. Rocket. I mean, we know what happens with him. Yeah. Nebula te- technically should have died yeah. <laughs> multiple times throughout the movie. She right, but died. her body is that so was, cool. That was some scenes. great, like horrific, like all the scenes were like body her, horror, like but her, action. Yeah, like yeah. her head got knocked backwards. Like, <laughs> oh, she, and you could feel the effect. Like, she looks like something out of fucking Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, but she's she, fighting on the good guys. And side. then just comes and like creaks back into herself. That was uh, great. That was great. It's so unsettling in the coolest way. Yeah, it's like. And, and this is the thing is, this is Thanos' daughter that lost the fight. Right, right. You know, this this is the this was the worst fighter of the two. <laughs> um, and then now, uh, okay, so this is uh, well, do I want to say this now? Um, because it kind of doesn't pay off really until later. Uh, oh, are you talking about like the the theme with Rocket? Well, yeah, because well, they're kind of like basically the the way the movie is kind of framed is like Rocket gets knocked out, and so it kind of like cuts back and forth interstitially uh with yeah. him and it's yeah. so cool and like i it's so i, I cool. do like it as like a, a basic thing but i i do remember kind of feeling like i wish there was a little bit of something thematic that did kind of feel like i was like oh we're doing this thing didn't it kind of feel like what's going on in his adventure you know it, it feels like there's never really a mirror because in the adventure of the animals they're just kind of in one place and i feel like that was what was kind yeah. of getting me down about seeing their scenes in particular like i understand that it's about like you know like they are these trapped animals and they're kind of like you know Mm -hmm. wishing for a new world and like in the first scene where it's like they're introduced and then it's like the next scene it's kind of like here's the montage of them kind of playing around with each other and they got to get each other know each other and it was like it was the thing where as i'm watching it my adult brain as i'm watching it is Mm -hmm. just going like 
these animals are so cute and I know we don't see them later because we never hear about them. So I know what you're going to do, movie. So look. You'd better be like giving me some sort of catharsis here, because I know you're like I, I know the kid. Catharsis? No, 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 no. no. Hear me, oh, no, hear me sir. now, hear me now, hear me now. Because I know there's, I know there's the kid who's watching this, and it's just like, what cute characters? What's gonna be their adventure? So me as an adult, I'm like, you sick bastards! You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing by introducing these cute little mother. But also these cute little things that also have a little bit of badassness to them, yeah. right? Like they've got the the yeah. rabbit teeth and the sort of like the the, the big heavy walrus guy like so uh, what i'm thinking as i watch this movie i'm thinking oh oh no i just the walrus just kept making me think of tusk <laughs> God oh, damn God, no, no. 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 get it out of your head get that out of your head all right sorry moving on moving on you want to talk about body <laughs> oh, God. moving on yeah. oh, man. was it but, professor goatman who did that to us yes yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's what i oh that's what i wrote down that's like the running around montage where they're playing the really sweet music and i would just wrote down, i was like oh boy we share our adorable friends trapped in a clearly looming ever-present danger like it's just like that's my problem with it like <laughs> As I'm watching, like, they have mm. so no agency whatsoever as you're watching it unfold, and you know they're not going to, and there's nothing set up where they're going, like, you can't even feel that they're going to in any capacity that they're going to go anywhere. It's just them being trapped in this cage. And so it's like, you know, I'm appreciating the conversations on one level, getting mm. to know these cute furry creatures, but I'm not getting any meat beyond, love these guys, aren't they so cute? They're Yeah, that's what I wrote down. They're cutening them up for the slaughter that we know is going to happen uh, in the movie. That's may, what was. May, may I speak for? <laughs> let me speak for for child brain. Okay. Because I'm I'm generally an optimist. <laughs> um, when I put the pieces together after watching the movie and then thinking back to the trailer, I'm like, oh, all the pieces were there. So my optimist brain sees that and goes, well, here's what'll happen. They'll get out. And then they'll all have different pods. Oh, and you poor deluded fool. Is them finding each other again. And then I started, but when, here, so the, uh, whether you want to bring it up now or not. So the, the thing is, by the time, whether you pick up on it early or late, and a little late like me, but it's a really cool thing that he does narratively. Because I, I understand what you mean about there not being direct parallels. But what I like is that the whole thing that we get his backstory is because it's his life flashing before his eyes. Right, right, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think it does justify itself because I'm going into this and it's like, oh, yeah, they're introducing the animal pack and everything. It's like, okay, so Rocket you know, let his friends out and they all had to like, well, and I wouldn't even say like, get away, I wouldn't even, and then they have to find each other and they just haven't found Well, see, I was going to say, that's why they, hug. yeah, I wouldn't, nope. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say like the, his whole life. I'd say like the best part of his life, right? Like this is a guy who's such a yeah. cold hearted, like a hole. And you think he doesn't have any tenderness. And then the point of this narrative is to be like, Oh, here's when he goes into this coma, here's what goes in through his mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's what soothes him. Oh, being reminded yes. of the one time he had solace. And even as you're looking at the solace, it's still in this dark place. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, so it's yeah. like, I want to give respect to that in a certain capacity. I definitely get what you're saying there. Um, but before we get to what my, uh, uh, what the what the crux of it is so we we get to the the bioform space station i just want to show some love to this scene Ooh. that was some fucking a, cronenberg shit. Uh, right. that was some cronenberg video drone <laughs> shit and i love yeah, the sound the effect perfect work. description yeah the sound effect work where you like can feel it's, like uh, things landing on it that is, <laughs> that is the most that is one of the most creative things i think i've ever seen put yes. to film Please, may we never get it. That is on par with Tusk. <laughs> like, and when you, that is perfectly yeah, on par like with when Tusk. You see if it, you took Tusk and be like, what if we made Tusk yeah, a space? And team? I was noticing little things like when you see that when they're in space, like on top of it, you can kind of see like mucus and pus and stuff sort of floating in space yeah. as to like, Hair sticking yeah, out. so it's just like, uh, ew, like they're actually like really trying to be direct with what a human oh. body in space would look like, you know? <laughs> One thing I love about James Practical freaking suits. Thank Good. you, God Almighty. God bless this yes. man. He uses costumes. There's weight. Oh my God! They pull yes. on skin. Oh my yes. God! I'm a man that uses that. 
what, $250 million, and it shows. Yes. Thank you, You feel God. like you can almost touch the screen. And I hate it. Yeah, yes. with so many other movies where it's like, I get it, we're trying to do comic book movies, we're trying to be larger than life. But let me actually feel like there's some weight, there's some danger that, uh, oh, could our villains actually hit something? Could something hit them? Are they actual human yes. beings that could bleed? Yeah. You know? The way that the guards <laughs> Like move Nathan around. Fillion shows up, and I see it, I'm like, oh, that's a costume Touching his neck, I was, when he moves, it bends. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like saying the way he's moving do. around, like, and you could feel how uncomfortable that armor would be. Yeah, there's a stiffness to yeah. it, yeah. which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so I thought that was just like it, just incredible, top to bottom, just how that plays played out. Now, now, maybe someone could help me with a little bit of explanation for the villains here, because I feel like okay, so we've got basically three sets of villains. There's the Adam Warlock, Gold People. Then there's mm. these people. And these are all people who were evolutions worked on by the high evolutionary. Is that what's happening? There, there's some of it. He said they were uh, like thought experiments, essentially. So the Sovereign, uh-huh. they listed a couple other ones. The only ones I remember by name are like the Anti-Men. So he's, he has made entire civilizations and species as like side projects, mm. which is kind of, t- it's like, with the the whole creation of Adam illusion, it gets into a weird bit of meta things about like, especially with that fire ass god line later on. The movie. Mm, man, this movie the, like I was like, watching this movie, we going like he Whoa, has a this god complex, but movie? has reason. To like him. I was having a moment like we said we're saying fuck, we're challenging God. Like whoa, <laughs> did, I think there were um they were still careful with fuck because I noticed at one point Nebula said piss off yeah, in, a, in a way yeah. that a real person would have said fuck off yeah, and yeah, I feel yeah. like they were, they were like oh, no, re- I mean, that, reserving that's the thing with Rocket for all three movies yeah where Rocket oh. always says well we're the guardians of the freaking oh. game right I'm like, like that guy would say fuck. just use it yeah. James use now, it to you now your, I will say this use it. like yeah, that, that is the first thing that I will knock against the movie like Rocket Raccoon just isn't in this movie enough as the wise cracking I, guy. Like it, like he comes back actually an hour before yeah. the movie's over. He's actually in the movie a full hour before it's ending. But there's so little for him to actually do in terms of being a character. Well, he's saying kind of stuff. the MacGuffin. He's kind yeah. of the MacGuffin in this movie. But I'm, so, I'm okay. With, yeah, it's like I, I don't know. Like if there was more of him in there. Like I get it. It's like yeah, I, you're sacrificing that like, for the heart we, and real character story. Who, yeah, like we know who that character yeah. is, and I feel like him being like the what like who he is is the same but what he is is so different in yeah. this movie because he becomes that the the what they're trying to save and i i, I don't know i i get I, what you're saying like i guess i get why they did yeah. it i just i couldn't help but feel like there was an absence of his particular humor to this movie that's supposed to be about him in a way that i was like oh but if it's gonna be about him i still want a bit of that trademark humor like, you know what I'm saying? Just a little I, bit like, more in there. Like, yeah. it would have been great to see him, like, being funny with his friends and like really cracking jokes. Have, like, starting to develop yeah, that. And, seeing yeah, seeing him being the funny guy, yeah. you I know? I, I, I didn't mind it since we were still, like, it, it wasn't, it, had they not included his backstory as part of, like, informing his character up to the other two movies. Mm. Because I, I think that's We're looking at it as a trilogy, it. right? Like, it's like, we know who he is. Yeah. Okay, it's time to so really talk. Like, we, yeah. It's like, oh, here's the backstory of why he's very, a very much a limited trust, big, like, <laughs> right? Asshole. Yeah. But like, you you see him in this movie, he's a lot more low key. Yeah. Well, I, I you like, he's, he's, he's clearly a person who's like reflecting. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's he's done uh, like, and again, even at the beginning of the movie, after, honestly, like, right? Like with listening to like yeah, loser, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, because because like volume one and two are set before Infinity War and Endgame. Right. So this is a right that's, like lived. And seen this a lot of very weird true. shit. Yeah, you know. So it's just like he's he's a lot more seasoned. Than Can re- I like say this? Whole, I feel that, like that's one of my favorite. I, yeah. I feel like Go this ahead. movie really took in the fact that the Avengers movie happened, right? Like yes. I feel like more more than most of them. I would mm-hmm. say, like as far as how the characters are really impacted. Like, was I was watching this movie the first time, I was kind of caught off guard because I couldn't really remember what had happened in the Avengers movie. So when they were kind of like making it. Having it tie in so directly, I was kind of having that moment of like, wait, what happened to Gamora? Wait, oh, th- a lot of this is kind of relying right, like on I, that. And I for I meant to rewatch Guardians too, um, and didn't, and so I was like trying to remember a lot of what happened, and and yeah, like I'd seen um, Endgame and Infinity Wars and all that like mm-hmm. once. But and, but see, you know, here's, 
here's what I'm going to say to the movie's credit. Again, even when I was feeling that way for about the first act, they had a good scene where like Quill actually lays it out and it's in a way that actually yeah. feels like it's organic to what, like that's what I like. The, the character moments actually do feel organic to how the scenes are laying out because it actually feels like, oh, someone's bringing this up and then, well, now mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this. And well, I didn't want to talk about this. Well, wait a minute. Like, I like how the banter of this movie feels a lot more integrated into the characters. There are so many movies these days that I feel like, oh, here's the a character. The bo- feels like it's laid on top and like it doesn't fit with who they it, actually are. Yes, it feels like it's yeah. actors in the moment coming up with a, the funniest line and not actual characters who might be saying something that's revealing of their character right. by saying that. Yeah. That's when something or- is really... Well, that and that's the that's the Marvel humor complaint. <laughs> so it's like this movie, these movies don't really suffer from that as much because... Everything they say is in character. Yeah, it the characters really feel like they, they seem when they're cracking jokes. It seems like the kind of jokes that somebody mm. with that personality right. in that situation would actually make, and yeah. not just like I'm a superhero and I just like beat a bad guy's head to a bloody pulp. But now I'm gonna say something witty. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of the movie is um, it was something that I lightly addressed in our review of Volume Two. Is like there's at that movie they were still learning. Uh, how to work mm. with each mm. other. This one, they work together. Yeah. All of the, anytime the plans go awry, it's from something from the outside. You're right. But they all work You're right. very well together. In fact, the main thrust of the plot and execute. The main... They don't bicker as much yeah. over plans. Yeah, yeah, they don't bicker over the actual plan. In like, fact, the thrust. Like, they all agree to help Rocket. Right. There's no debate about that. Yeah, that's the thrust of the plot. The thrust of the plot is we've got to get our friend back. And we're going to do whatever yeah. is necessary to do that because we care about him. And it, Yeah, it's like they, they work cohesively well. The only time things mess up is due to outside factors. And they have to adapt on the... Like, all things considered, Peter's actually a pretty good yeah, leader. Even as he's drunk, like, it's one of those things where... But it, here's the thing about Quill's character. It's like, as they establish it and as they, like, make him so clearly pathetic. And then when you see, like, but the reason why he feels pathetic and the reason why, like, he's so angry. And then when he loses, he feels like he's going to lose another person. Okay, now it's time to go into gear. No, I'm not losing this person again. Like, the character beat is so strong in how they communicate it. In a way where it just feels like it's like, oh, yeah, they're just kind of laying this out. And, you know, they got to set up the character. And then it's like, no, no, no. This isn't just a, like, that's just going to be a background thing. This is why this guy's motivated to do this now. He's lost all these people. And damn it, he's not going to lose another one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like they, they work very cohesively well the the anytime there's like they you know they make a plan they can then that was a fun thing i noticed is like the the challenges are making sure the plans run as smoothly as possible and more mm. often they not than not they don't so they have to adapt on the fly like right the, the thing the things that were going on like the plan probably would have went off without a hitch at the at the orgo corp had gamora not been there yeah wait wait when they land when on the pulled om- out a gun when they land oh that's true when and when they land on the omni uh the body, and they go into the uh, uh, the body. What, things are kind of going well. What what actually causes things to go yeah. sideways in that? Um, when they're because they manches through the spacesuits out in the trash compactor because she had to rush. Ah, uh, so that yeah, that wasn't anything the on their fault technically. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't on them. That was on. It's like oh shit. So it's like we had to pick one. Both of these bins look basically exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. So it's like I tossed it in the first one I saw. So now okay. Now we got to reroute because we don't have our suits. Now how are we going to get picked up? And they plant, they work around that because it's like Groot come in after we get the ore. Right. Because Neb- I think Nebula called them in. Ne- and it's like, so we need to buy time until Groot can crash land. Right. And like, again, even Peter, when he's, um when he's like trying to su- seduce Uda the second time, which <laughs> I think the first time, I think the first time he knew it was going to, wasn't going to work, but it was to de- establish a little bit of goodwill of being like, hey, like, I think it was, I think it was half. Let me see if this does work. If it does, great. But if it doesn't, she's looking at me like, oh, here's the human man. But then the second time, it's like, please, Uda, the person I talked to previously and tried to establish, hey, I have human You see how I'm the good cop, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I'm the good Let me speak to them from the heart. And it's like, oh, okay, speak your piece. I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah, like, right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like yes. I'm like for a brief second, for a second there, he had me going. It's like, oh god, he's gonna use the power of friendship. No, he doesn't. He does the smart thing. Yeah, I was actually just trying to try to yeah maneuver the pieces. Yeah, (laughs) 
Um, and okay, uh, now I, the one uh, one complaint about this scene I'll say is that it was one of those like action movie exhaust uh, things where it feels like there's way too many people in this scene and there's way too few people that I don't, it doesn't really explain to me how they would be able to get by these people. You there was just one too many moments where it was just oh. like, oh, they're just able to. And right. it's just like, well, no, there's like 80 Which people. they didn't make there, it far. You know? To be fair, they didn't make it that far <laughs> without the eyeballs and James Gunn's wife noticing. Yeah, right. You want to do something ironic? <laughs> we are getting shot. Shouldn't have been funny. Um, you want to do something ironic? Is I just had to stop and go to the restroom, and this was also the point in the movie that I took a bathroom break <laughs> because I was like, I don't think anything super important to the plot's going to happen right now. <laughs> you come back. There's a woman screaming after being <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what a what a moment! The, yeah, I love how it was just like it got the, slightly too real for a moment. We're just like, oh, she just shot someone oh, in the leg, and we're just oh. focusing on that, like, <laughs> like the actual death whales. It's just like, huh, strange. That's one of the most realistic things in this yeah, uh, space. It's kind of funny. Movie. That hyper like, realistic that, moment happens, and then right afterwards, Drax gets blasted with a thing where he's just like completely able to survive it. And of course, he's able to because he's like really thick skinned. But it just is like it's yeah, just kind of funny still, in the moment to be like, oh yeah, completely cartoon <laughs> moment right next to hyper real moment <laughs> can we can we talk about what what shouldn't have stayed with me though of mantis using her powers to like get all the people to do different things oh and what just a, the one okay. black no, guy that just, was a great like <laughs> yes <laughs> you feel like dancing it just immediately gets to getting down he, he's hitting the carlton at this <laughs> and then i and was then, i was crying just, just that and great twitter didn't help they're like how, why did the black guy have to shuck and jive? I'm like, what oh, did you want him to do? Get out of here. You want him to be a kid? No. Let him no, dance, dance. No, you know what I love? Because <laughs> we needed this. We needed that image of, like, machine gun fire as this one guy yes, is just happily dancing. Dance. Like, it's one of those things, like, you know this whole setup was just so we could have this insane image. This, this is everything, everywhere, all at once type filming. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. you know, it's yes. like, okay, we've got to end with a dildo fight. How do we get there? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um. But yeah, so so moving from that now, I, I, again another thing I want to absolutely compliment the uh, villain song explanation uh, uh, monologue. <laughs> this, it, I, we stepped mm. it up from the second movie because in the second movie I think it, it was done really well with uh, the Brandy song, Brandy or Fine Girls. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. what a good wife you would be. But my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. It's kind of like that. Oh, but I must keep to my task, right? So we go even more music nerd with this one. And as someone who <clears throat> went to music school, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, because it's like this whole, like this whole series is kind of like based around music, right? Like mm-hmm. the first movie, okay, we know about the 70s. The yeah. second movie, like kind of going into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so yeah. now it feels like with this movie, we're, it, we're not really in a specific era. We're, I feel like we're jumping all around kind of like, you know, we, mm-hmm. which I'm okay yeah, with Yeah, because like oh. it's the third movie we're expanding. You know what well, I mean? Well, they justify too because Rocket has right. like the, ipod or yeah whatever. yeah and yeah the, the zoom that has 50s 60s 70s and yeah 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 so um but but you hear this sort of ancient gregorian chant being played and uh you know uh, uh oh, oh, so it threw me off and i guess it's just like space years and different planets because he said it was five thousand years old and i was yeah. like I was trying to think. Like, is that wait. from Earth? Is that Gregorian chant from Earth? Like, <laughs> I was trying to think what, what that years? was. Yeah, like that threw me off. Anyway, but that sorry. does because uh, the rest of the music they use is all real music. So I was assuming this had to be real music too. Like this couldn't have been like a fake Gregorian thing because like the yeah, other songs. I, I figured he went to Earth and snagged yeah. an MP3. And, and, but also while, the, he was, while he was collecting animals. But yeah, but like also all the other songs that are like old timey, like uh, "As I Am Laid in Earth" also gets played, and that's a real song. So I was just thinking like, mm. ah, I don't think they would make a make one up. This feels like they're pulling on something because the name of the song he tells them uh, is like the ancient song he says it's called uh, well what it translates to is be not as you are but as you should be and he's saying like it is our job to take the world around us and the chaos and to make you know take those sounds in cacophony and make perfection and beauty out of them like that's basically like that's our task as you know uh, uh you know uh, sentient beings right and so I, I was thinking of that as like you know if you completely take that away from the villain who ha- who was having this like clearly kind of like jittery sort of like feel to him like that absolutely just sounds like oh yeah science you know it's all about like doing you know yeah like improving life and all this sort of thing like there's nothing on yeah. its face that sounds bad about it but then when you look directly with how he's treating 
uh, these subjects. He's treating. Uh, yeah, I said treating. <laughs> I just messed oh. that up. Oh, baby, that's just eugenics. <laughs> yes, and it's this slow, perpetual yeah. genocide that he's just doing of these people, right? It's just genocide sideways. Like, well, these people are just yeah. not good genocide enough. We're trying to make them better, but if they're not good enough, then we then we just throw them away out, right? Like, I, yeah. I have to say, like, one other thing that kind of, I don't, it didn't bother me in the way that Bradley Cooper, that Bradley Cooper's baby voice bothered me, <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but I, it was weird because it's like, okay, so the heart of this movie is, you know, even before we know what the high evolutionary is up to and we know what kind of horrible mm. things he'd do, we know that, you know, we don't want Rocket to die. We love Rocket. We're worried about Rocket and we want to save this one life because we care about him. And, you know, and we care about, like, the silver-haired kids on the ship and, like, there, mm. there are beings that we care about and don't want to die. And then we watch an entire civilization of animal people get genocided in an instant and it felt it it felt like less of a loss than maybe i think it should have i don't know Mm. it felt weird i was like okay Mm. so i just watched what like millions of people get killed oh and it billions and in the first movie remember like the the stopping um stopping ronin from from killing mm. that one planet of pink people was like that the was a deal. really big that was where the stakes were was like that would have been the the that would have been the worst outcome is Ronan kills this this planet full of people yeah. and we watched a planet full of people get killed and it just sort of felt like wait a second did, the, did oh, that they, really happen like how am I supposed they to lost the whole right movie <laughs> yeah yeah it was it yeah. was weird and also those animal like, people were so cute the bat people were so cute yeah yeah. Oh, the, the little bat Mexican family. Which, oh, can we talk about something, too, that I think is really fascinating? Mm-hmm. The clear fact that Counter-Earth at that time was in the middle of the 80s. Yes, I love, <laughs> I love the, like, the Sears family like portrait. The fo- the fo- <laughs> yeah, like the photography, the, like cars, the aesthetic the design, sweaters. the cars. <laughs> but like you, you know where it clicked in for me? Yeah is the drug dealing scene. I'm like, they're in the middle of their freaking crack <laughs> epidemic. They're in their right, war on drugs. That was the exact moment it slotted in. Oh I'm my like, God. Oh my God. They're in their Reagan years. Jesus Christ. Yes. Like I, I noticed the pictures. I'm like, Oh wow. Those are very old timey. It's like in the wood paneling and, the car designs like yeah this is really throwback and then the drug deal i'm like they're in their war on drugs <laughs> oh my god um, they've got and, and, I, and that's what, oh go on um so, so someone online made a good point about like the high evolutionary's like quest for perfection and him specifically going after uh rocket just because he has he was one of the few that showed the ability of just like independent creative right. thought, um, much more than others but here's the thing so uh shout out to fantastic frankie she pointed this out um the other ones were doing that too because how the hell do you, you don't teach somebody to make meth <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like they had, and, to and that's what they drove past. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I, someone had to figure that. They didn't have the internet. Look, this is counter Earth eighties. So he figured it out. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this, this is what's happening. High evolutionary is like, damn it, they're just doing the exact same thing that the normal Earth people did. They're just doing crack and racism. <laughs> God damn it! Because didn't they mention that? He mentions that at one point where he goes like. He's, he said no bigotry, but we literally saw yes! a hate crime. Somebody was getting their ass kicked in an alleyway. <laughs> so it's like, uh, no hatred, no bigotry. I'm just like, which but, is, uh, are you sure? extra hilarious. <laughs> it was like, I, I, I want to double check your, uh, you know, ch- check your uh, uh, fact, fact yeah, sheets. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that one, Cosmic Yeezus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not racism when I do it. It's, um but yeah so yeah but that's what i like like again we get a little bit of deepening there with the with the Mm. between the characters rocket was able to figure out something that the quote-unquote better beings you know weren't able to you know so what what the the lesser creature figured out that there was a gas leak turning right (laughs) all your mutants angry that poor ninja turtle (laughs) i I literally for us for a minute just for a minute I really expected to see like one of the Ninja Turtles. Like I thought, I thought they were gonna do that. Well, I mean, just like you see, uh, like wait, Howard Marvel the Duck. <laughs> you see Howard the Duck at yeah. some point. I was... <laughs> yeah. 
It was like, Howard, how yeah, I, I remember, because the second time I saw it, uh, that's what my mother wanted for Mother's Day, was to see Guardians 3. I'm just like, she's in for a fucking trip. Oh, no. And right at that sequence, when they mutated the turtle, she's like, oh, he turned into a ninja turtle. She's the best person yeah. to watch. <laughs> that's adorable. I love your mom. That's so great. But yeah, so, like, you know, basically the high evolutionary, he wants to analyze the part of his brain, because what, what he says is, like, he's able to create these people who can, you know, run on only, like... 30, uh, 30, 30 calories. calories, like no yeah, like sleep. 30 calories. They're just like hyper-efficient. Yeah, and it's like, what do you, like, what do you need well, them to do that they need to be that efficient for? Right. Well, I I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, they're just going to be the best. We're just maxing everything. We don't know why we're just supposed to. Yeah, we're making max humans. Yeah, exactly. Max, max organisms. But what, but, what uh, he's annoyed about mm-hmm. is that they're not capable of like, in independent creative thought that because that's what i was saying it's like yeah. it, see the this counter earth yeah. is still emulating the the issues that the original earth did it's like they're not coming up with independent thoughts yeah. you know what what if their earth still has the same like you know their earth still has like a what, what are 80s people it still has a bobby brown that did crack you know their earth has a you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm imagining that um <laughs> that like Who's a new addition, just like four teenage squirrels. That's how many of the chipmunks. Yeah. <laughs> That's what their equivalent is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, um, and yeah, it's, it, I think, I think an interesting thing with, with him too, with them just subtly mentioning that the, him having treatments and him wiping his nose. And before we get the reveal about his face and everything later, he has such heavy projected insecurities. Mm about his own self mm-hmm. and it's kind of tragic in its own right even though he's a horrible monster like i can tell he has flaws that he hasn't gotten over so he projects that into his creations mm-hmm. right and he's made it his life mission he's like if i can't be perfect then i'm going to create the perfect no, thing it is so and then use it yeah it is so fascinating how projection is such a big yeah. uh, theme in this movie and and like fascinating in the idea fascism of like yeah, oh, well, I mean, because what, oh, you, you imperfect beings, you can't be part of the world, but I can, I can be part of the world, even when my face is all messed up, no, 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 I can still be part of the new world, because see, I came up with the ideas that, it's like, it literally, right. this is literally Hitler, I right, was, it's I like, it's like, I want to be part of the new world, all the wait, you're not even blonde, you don't even have the things that you, yeah, you don't, you don't even meet your own <laughs> methods, big dog, you built the club, and, and gonna, you're gonna you feel the way when they don't let you in. Oh, you're just saying, yeah. well, because I built the club. Now I'm allowed to be the one who's, you know what I mean? That's that's what he wants. Yeah, he just wants, like, buddy. You're not, yeah, you're not gonna make. He it wants in. the same hierarchy. He just wants to be on top, right? It's, it's interesting <laughs> right. to me that you know he makes this face that looks great. He makes this mask that looks exactly like his own real face, but he leaves that like gross, like you know, skewed rim around where you can see where it's clamped to his head. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it was funny cause I noticed it like early on and I, then in the flashbacks and it was like, Oh, it's, he looks different in the flashbacks and like his, you know, his head looks normal, yeah. but it didn't. And then obviously, you know, when we see, um, rocket smashing up his face, it's like, Oh, he's got his face stapled back on or something. Mm. Um, right. but, but yeah, like that he's even, it's like he's kind of half-assing it. Like, he made this great ha, mask, ha. but then he doesn't... It's like he made the great mask however many years ago, but then he doesn't bother to affix it in such a way that doesn't make him look like a freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one that's also, like, easily able to, to come off. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. I feel like it. But also, if he stays inside his building, I guess he doesn't have much to yeah, like, worry Like, none of the people who work for him are going to mask snatch him, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just like I guess he's not worried, and and that was another thing too is like he never uses his powers that he has later on, uh, outside of the facility. Mm. So my understand, my guess is that it only works in there too. Mm. Yeah, mm. that it's a technological thing that's it's not like genuine. Yeah, so it's like you you, you you've functionally confined yourself to a, a bit of a prison mm-hmm. where you are the most powerful thing in there, but only that's because you've made it that Interesting. way. The minute you step out in the world, you know, the minute change introduces itself and you have outside factors. Uh Oh, mm. you know that, that your, your hierarchy of, of self and your, your hierarchy of like superiority crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting metaphor there. Uh, visual metaphors. Ah, the, 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 uh, language of film. Uh, the, um, yes. but uh, I, I love the, uh, anyways, back to the, the bat. Yeah. No, well, I love the, the, um, well, actually there, there was a little bit of a, um, 
well, with the dialogue between Gamora and Chris Pratt, there's a little bit where it feels mm. a little bit of janky, where it's like on on Chris Pratt's end, where it feels like he's still trying to do like, you know, I'm talking to you, like you're that. Pr-. So it's like it, it becomes established that it's like, oh, she's not the same Gamora. You know, this is a different one right. that they got from a different uh, uh, time, like because of the whole thing that happened in the Avengers movie, right? And so it's one of those things where like. Okay, it's like I understand having the slip, right? Where every now and then you go like, "Oh, sorry, I referred to you as da da." But it's like it kind of goes on for a little too long. Where it's like, okay, a person wouldn't actually be like, "You were like this person, and we were in love, and da da da." So you need to do that. It's like, okay, yeah, but you would, especially after we know that you've been hanging out with them for a while, like you wouldn't still be on this sort of like, "Don't you remember?" It's like, no, you know she doesn't remember. So but, it's like it's kind of frustrating. But to- you gotta you you gotta remember he's. Drunkard and a loser, guy. yeah, right now in yeah. this sort of state. He's sure. a white, he's a he's a poor destitute white guy that is uh, he's he's seeking his manic pixie dream girl. Right, like, you're right. supposed no, to be n- the see, girl in this box see, I, uh, with the special hair uh, that makes me better about see, myself. No, I definitely and you're not being. Her I definitely anymore. get you on that front. I definitely get you on that front. It's just it's like I guess it's like I'm a little like. It becomes a bit of an unreliable narrator thing when he says certain lines where he's like, we loved each other. You were everything to me. Because I was like, whoa, whoa, we loved each other? Wait. (laughs) Hold up. Scratch up. (laughs) Like, yeah, was there a scene I missed? Because in the first two movies that we just watched... I don't remember that. Like at the end of the second one, I mean, like you know, even in up to infinity, we're like, y'all were good. You, you, I think you said you love each other before she died. Um, yeah, did, did they when, kiss? When you had the bubble shoot out the gun, the... but I, I, uh... like me, like maybe I missed something. I, I just don't remember. No, no, I, di- I, I think I might have too. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't. As far know. as the movies that I watched are, there wasn't a specific declaration of love. So if that did happen in the main movies, I'm kind of like feeling like, oh crap like if that is important i lost it but if it's not as far as the movies i've watched are concerned there hasn't been a real uh, oh we are officially in a relationship thing right so apparently they kissed an in infinity war ah okay see how see see how see how forgettable that but, relationship is. yeah well i mean that because there's like 80 plots happening in that movie and that's not exactly that's the top one but <laughs> but um you know just in general like it's just like I felt like they did a good enough job of trying to like get yeah. people up to steam, but like from what I saw from us directly watching the first two movies, I so didn't believe the relationship that by the time we get to this, where it's just like, no, we didn't have a relationship, and she's snapping at him. I'm kind of like, yeah, I haven't seen that, so it, it I feel kind of <laughs> cheaped out. Where I was like, oh, but there actually was a kiss, but it was in the big movie. You should have seen that. I was like, damn it. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, the reveal about Mantis being his sister. That's from the Christmas yeah, special. Well, but that I understand a little bit more because that's like, okay, I can get it from the second to the third movie. There's been some time where camaraderie has yeah. formed. That I understand from a language perspective of being like, no, you're my sister. I'm losing people and you're important to me. So I'm going to consider you oh, this no, no, type no, of person. The, you know the, what I mean? That That's his actual half sister. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, literally in terms of like ego, oh, I like, guess. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's like, no, we got the same daddy. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> But but I mean that's technically established in the second movie. But um, but uh, yeah. But him saying the line like we loved each other, I was like, oh, this feels a little gaslighty to me. But now now that you said yeah. the 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 actual kiss happens, now I'm like, okay, so that it actually is true because. See, now I feel like I'm, like, living in two different realities. Because if I'm just going by the movies, you know, like, that I've seen... You, you gotta watch all, a compilation of just yeah. all the moments of the Guardians well, doing... Exactly, things. like, yeah, even when they were hanging out with Thor in that fourth in the fourth movie, yeah, it was super important. Oh, they, they said something. You, you yeah. had to go back, yeah, or you missed the whole plot yeah, element. Like, it, it, no. That's where the Bowie yeah, came that's where from. His depre- that's where Rocket's depression came from. It was totally it, it built up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... It was them damn goats. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I was thinking of like because as i was watching it i was like okay is this like a passengers movie thing remember the other chris pratt movie he was in where it's just like no you totally loved me in this other <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like a... we we had we had a time we had a time child right so i was kind of like is he projecting but now that you bring that up i'm like okay wait no because he does and when they're in the elevator they bring up the backstory and i think that's like where if you're not up well, the one of the funniest parts yeah i'm trying to i'm glad he admits it's like you know, it was like, got mad at her dad, almost destroyed half the universe. Like, almost. Nobody. You did. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you don't try to. five years of irreparable yeah, damage exactly. to the galaxy. No, no, no. We were able to undo it, but you did it. Yeah, we, yeah. 
It's like, it was undid in the sense that we brought everyone back, but yeah, that doesn't mean five years of damage. Mm. <laughs> now, um, and I also have to say, I love the hard ass boss who's giving his alien underling a perpetual hard time when they're when they're on the Omni the planet. Nathan Fillion, like, oh, yes! I got, I got one of those. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god yeah. But, this guy over and, here, I, I got one. And you know what was so messed up? It was like every scene he would be doing that. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, is this a like you know joke that they're kind of playing on too much? But it, it really does feel like a character moment of like, oh, this guy, I this felt, boss is an ass. I, will say, I felt so bad. Yeah, I really want that story. I felt, I, felt, I felt so bad for the guy too because like that first conversation where he was like, oh, you know, when they got the, the, yes. hyper, the hyper word speed and the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so what is that then? And, and like called him out. Yes. And it's like, you know what? He was just. I felt bad. I, I'm like, because you know what? I have done that kind of thing where somebody says something right. and I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, I didn't really like, hear yeah. That. yeah. Because it's like, no, no, it's, that's right. just you have to be polite. You're just being polite and keeping so, a conversation going. So I'm glad we're calling out what the real power dynamic is really happening here. Nathan Villiers is taking advantage of his like sort of power role to be like, oh yeah, I'm actually calling you on this and I'm calling you on that, making a really poisonous work environment. Okay, where <laughs> where this guy's just trying to go along. We're to about to along. take him to, to Orgo. Right, like, I'm sorry. Like you did that on purpose. You were intentionally laying a trap because I'm sorry. Like you're having a casual conversation. Right. It's not like there was he's, something set up it's, beforehand. It's not like a work thing where he's gonna be like, okay, now I really want to make sure I'm clear on all the details. Like mm -hmm. it's a casual conversation. If he doesn't know what some part of a car is, he's just gonna go, yeah, you know. Yeah. Whatever. You, like you're just trying like, to feel smarter than him. Yeah, like, that, oh, gotcha. That made me so yeah. mad. <laughs> so when he kept <laughs> doing that thing of like this guy, it's funny. So it's interesting how you can. This is the reviewer new, the great reviewer new sort of way we look at things, right? You could look at it as the boss knows what's up and his underling is just such a jackass or you can look at this the boss needs to fucking lighten up and quit being such an asshole to his under yeah. <laughs> like you know and i get a little I, bit I of mean, species vibes why is he acting like this to his oh, alien uh? yeah it did, <laughs> right. it like, it's like oh yeah i got like, oh, i got the, one the of those what do you mean by that <laughs> the pale purple guy is the problem okay <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry I'm not paying attention to this conversation about space cars, <laughs> yeah. Like, leave me alone. Hello, everyone. This is definitely not Marge Simpson telling you to go to patreon.com slash to hear the second half of this episode. You don't have to like their opinions, but personally, I just think they're neat.